Welcome to Conversations with Alan Wolper, a half hour featuring unique personalities whose ideas are on the cutting edge. Alan Wolper is an award-winning journalist and a professor at Rutgers Newark. And now, Conversations with Alan Wolper. Welcome to a special holiday edition of Conversations with Alan Wolper, a program that seeks to uncover the true identity of Santa Claus. I know it's Santa, that's all I need. I don't care if no one believes. I can't imagine who else it could be. Just give so much to so many does he know that I know his secret is it a secret Today we're talking about the man who could be Santa which is the title of a new children's book by Emmy award filmmaker Joanna Walper who happens to be the senior producer of this program, and my wife. Welcome to uh, this side of the program, Joanna. I know people will find this hard to believe, but your book is based on a true family story. Actually, our family. Well, as you know, I'm a storyteller, and one of the favorite things that I like to talk about is my family. I mean, I've written about my mother... Uh, who's been a, was a stage mother like Gypsy Rose Lee. I've written about my father, who was the mayor of Hillside, New Jersey, my sister, who tap danced with me in Carnegie Hall, and my husband, you, Alan. I've written about your hair. I've written about our marriage. I've written about how you can take direction, um, which is not why it's not always easy to be your producer. And now the kids in our family have become my fascination. A couple of summers ago, we were in Vermont, and... Uh, we figured out that we thought we found out who Santa was. Santa Claus himself. Right. Now, one of the things I have to tell you about Vermont is Vermont is Christmas. I mean, when you go to Vermont, and that's probably why there's so many TV movies that look like they look like Vermont or they film in Vermont, is number one, there are a lot of people in Vermont who look like Santa because a whole bunch of hippies went to the to, went to Vermont in the '60s. They had long hair. They had uh, beards. They had little John Lennon glasses. And now today they have little roly-poly jelly uh, bellies and their hair has turned white. So whenever you walk around Vermont, there are a lot of people who look like Santa. They also are very community-minded because these were the people who went to Vermont because they believed in believing. They uh, are carpenters. They can fix toys. They can make anything. So Santa could be around the corner in almost every neighborhood. And when you tell people in Vermont, hey, we think we met Santa, they'll say, well, yeah, we know him. He lives in our community. Another thing about Vermont is that um, there are Christmas tree farms all over the place. In fact, on our block where we rented a farm, there were two Christmas tree farms. And right down the block from us, was a reindeer reserve. A reindeer reserve. That's right. You mean like where people like uh, Rudy can be, Rudolph the Red Nose. Rudolph the Red Nose. Right on the block were reindeer. And everybody stops to look at the reindeer. And we took our family down to see the reindeer. And there was six and three-quarter-year-old Abby at the time, uh, Chad and Ben, who were seven and eight, 
and they went to look at the reindeer. And the most amazing thing happened. And you'll hear it right from Abby. Was it Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, and Vixen? They looked real. Only, where was Rudolph? I searched the field with my eyes. None of the reindeer had a very shiny nose. Maybe Rudolph was the little reindeer in the corner, the stumpy one hiding behind the tree. <laughs> the three of us whirled around. It was the man. He was standing by himself on his front porch wearing red overalls and a shirt. His beard was snowy white. He rested his big hands on his giant belly. My heartbeat was so loud I could hear it in my head. I snuck a look at Ben and Chad. Their mouths were wide open. Their eyes blinked like crazy. <laughs> I hope your children aren't bothering my reindeer. Ben shook his head. No, no, sir. We were just looking at them. I could tell by Ben's croaky voice that he was shaking in his sneakers. The man looked straight at each one of us. His eyes were sweet and crinkly just like they were supposed to be. I felt tingly all over. Have you children been good this year? I remembered how I threw away my banana at school and ate my friend's chocolate kiss instead. The man nodded slowly. You children know that I know if you've been bad or good. I started to worry about the chocolate kiss. But before I could apologize, he turned and went into his house. That's pretty wild. After he went inside his house, those kids must have absolutely freaked out. The kids, it was like they had been struck by thunder and lightning. They couldn't move. They were paralyzed. They, it was like magic had just happened in front of them. Um, they just jumped on their bikes, and they zoomed home. They weren't talking. They couldn't even talk. However... They'd seen Santa. However... Once they saw Santa and they began to think about whether he really was Santa, all they talked about was toys. They couldn't believe how much toys they could get if they somehow got to meet this guy. Somehow, if they got into his barn and his workshop, they figured that they were going to have more toys than any kid in America. Now, considering this was a recession, we're in a recession and these are hard times for people, um, I thought this was not the best uh, way for kids to be thinking about Santa. Because Santa's supposed to represent something else, not MasterCard and, and American Express. He's supposed to represent some of the spirit of, of a, lot of ho- a lot of different kind of holidays. Well, Santa is supposed to make children smile, make people happy. He's supposed to be giving. He's supposed to be teaching sharing. And somehow I wanted to teach all kids that Christmas was just not about toys and it reminded me of a book that I had written, uh, read, written by a 90-year-old uh, man named Marta Williams, who su- su- since has passed on. And he wrote about his 110-year-old mother. And he's from Columbus, and Ohio. And he was from Columbus, Ohio. And he talked about how at the turn of the century, kids got an orange for Christmas. And they were so happy if they got one orange. A small piece of fruit. How things have changed in America. So... We came up with this sort of game, an adventure, to try to figure out if this man that we suspected could be Santa, or the children had suspected had been Santa, was the real Santa. And they had to come up with clues, 
real clues, and spirit clues. It's really hard when you have kids who are just so used to being getting things to try to convince them that maybe it's just as good to give as it is to get. That's really difficult. Did you did you manage to do that in the well, book or in real life? In in the book and in real life, they really had to prove that he was Santa, and there were a lot of funny clues. I mean, we had the reindeers. We had a man who had a belly who shook. Like jelly, shook, he, he shook, shook like jelly. His, his Let's get this right. He really, shook like he jelly. He shook like jelly. He wore his suspenders. He um, wore those little glasses down on his nose. He had a. He was bald with a long, long white hair, and he was um, very jolly and and very um, giving kind of person. He also had a cat named Cookie, which the kids said, "Hey, you know that's Santa's favorite food." So that. That was a clue. It was a big clue. Big clue. And he flew these planes, these uh, little model planes uh, that were remote controlled, and he took the kids down to the airport. And most of the ideas in this book, kids say to me, where did you get these ideas? The kid, the ideas were, the ki- were through the kids' eyes. I wrote the book through the eyes of the children. I listened to them. And when they went down to that airport and they saw those little planes and they got a chance to fly the planes, remote control, and there were little robot men in the planes, they thought, hey, this is how Santa really could be taking presents to millions and jillions of kids. All over the world. All over the world. I mean, Ben, the older one, he said that he he didn't go for that sled. He didn't see how anybody could stick a million or 10 million toys in one sled. In a in a plane that was about a foot and a half long. But right? there were hun- if there were hundreds and thousands of these little planes with the robots, then Santa could dispense those planes all over the world. But then one of the kids wanted to know how would the, how would they know where to go? Elves. Elves, and ham radio. This man, in the back of his house, had a giant tower, and he was a ham, a ham radio man, and he spoke. To people all over the world, and the kids heard him talking to the North Pole. So he said something like, "Come in, North Pole." Come in, North Pole. Come in, North Pole. Which the kids heard, so they assumed that he would tell the elves. They assumed correctly via his the ham radio. Contact the planes, and that's how the planes were getting around the world. Oh my, that's really. And there you have you have a reindeer in the backyard. You have a Christmas tree farm down the road. We should list all these clues for people who really want to find him. We have a plane that delivers toys. We have a ham radio operator who talks to the North Pole. A wife with a we forgot about the oh the wife part. the wife. Well, the kid said if if he's Santa, he has to have elves, and if he has a wife who's Mrs. Santa, she has to sew the elves' clothes. Well, it turned out Mrs. Santa happened to be one of the top quilters in Vermont and had won all sorts of awards and blue ribbons for being a superior sewer. Not just a sewer, but a fabulous sewer. And then, of course, there was not Steve the chicken. Well, one of the things that happened is a chicken escaped and landed up on our on our farm, and the children adopted the, the, the chicken. And the chicken's name is not Steve. And this is because this town in Vermont we live in it seems like everybody is named Steve. There was Steve the do- the doctor, Steve's Motors, Steve's um, Steve. diner. Every- 
almost everybody was named Steve, so we didn't want to confuse. There wasn't a Steve dermatologist. There was another <laughs> Steve doctor something else, right? The podiatrist was the named podiatrist, Steve. The podiatrist, right. Oh, the, mountain, the mountaineer was named Steve. So we decided we were going to call our chicken Not Steve. And one night, Not Steve ran away from the chicken coop. He escaped from the chicken coop, which was really bad because there was a fox living in our field. And we totally figured that that Steve was going to be chicken dinner. But this man... A Christmas chicken dinner, actually. A Christmas chicken dinner. But this man, who could be Mr. Fix-It and was the neighbor that everybody loved, loved to have in Vermont, fixed our chicken coop. And when not Steve came back, he was saved. Steve was saved. By the way, this program is solely dedicated to all about the man who could be Santa by Joanna Walper. And it was published by Royal Fireworks Press. And if you want an early look at that man, you might be sliding down your trimony this year, go to your computer and hit www, the man who could be Santa. And you might meet him and the children dot com. who say dot com. www, the man who could be Santa dot com. Dot com. Imagine that. We're having a dot com Santa. Well, it's one of the things is the kids all said is we have to have a website. We have to have a website because that's what kids want to go go with a book. And one of the things that they really enjoy is when you go to the website, you will see the real characters. You'll even see you'll see the children. You'll see not Steve, and it's interactive. You get to color, you get to hear the real characters reading from the book, and you can even buy the book. Santa dot com. That sounds really strange for the twenty first to twenty second century. You know, I mean. All I knew, remember, was, you know, there was a stocking. The guy stuffed it. He came down a chimney. Now you know, he's a dot-com character. But that's how the kids s- figured out that Santa knows what they want. They think that their parents secretly write to Santa.com. Online. Online. You know, the, those letters to Santa, may, that, 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 that may be something from the past, too. They assume that their parents sneak and they write letters um, to Santa.com. They also think that uh, maybe the checkout guy, when you go to visit Santa at the, uh, at the mall, he may be listening in to what the kids say and tell the parents what the kids told Santa. So they have all these little ideas of what their parents might be up to and how Santa might be finding out things that they want. Santa Facebook. All of these... Uh, Santa Twitter. Right. Right. We, kids are probably Twittering to Santa right now. Santa iTunes. Right. Santa your tunes, my tunes. It sort of makes you crazy when you really think about what's happened to poor Santa Claus. But do you think that people will understand, get to know that that it's more about uh, accepting things rather rather not accepting. It's more about being able to give of yourself this, these, this holiday season. Well, one of the things that the book gets across is that the kids, in order to find out if this man is truly Santa, they have to prove it. They f- they form a spy club. They have to, to vote in unison that the man that they found was Santa, and they had to decide that he had the spirit. He, You know, those toys and those clues were not enough. He had to be somebody that helps people. And one of the things that happens in the book is that the man who owns the Christmas tree farm he falls down and breaks his leg while he's doing the Christmas trees. So this neighbor goes over and he starts helping um, prune the trees and take care of the trees, and the children help him so that everybody has a Christmas tree. In order to make sure 
that you've authenticated the way children really speak. You got to go to a lot of schools to get it straight, right? Well, what happens is I'm a journalist and a filmmaker, and I observe people. And I did this uh, story, and I was observing our, you know, kids in our family and our extended family, and I wrote it from the point of view of a six, a six and three quarter year old little girl. But then I thought, what do I know? I, I have to, I have to prove that I that I really got her voice and I really got how kids think and how they speak. So I took this book to schools and over 100 kids helped me edit this book. They went over the words that they felt were in kids' words. They said, these are parents' words, and they told me which words to take out. They also talked about what they wanted to read about. And it was interesting because it sort of was different than everybody thinks that kids are very sophisticated, more sophisticated today than they used to be. And in a way, it was it was exciting, and the kids really th- thrilled me. Um, they, had, they didn't want to really grow up, did they? They they had such imagination, and they wanted to believe in San- in Santa Claus. As some said, till the hundredth grade, they wanted to believe so I'll say much. Say that again, till the hundredth. Till the hundredth grade, grade. I'm they in the didn't. Grade. I they know didn't that. want to give it up. And even when we went to the fourth grade, they, some of the kids said, "This made me believe in Santa again." They really wanted to use their imagination. They said they wanted to go someplace. They said the world was hard enough, and they wanted to go someplace that was safe when they read a book and comfortable, where they could escape. And they wanted magic. And they also, when we talked about the characters, they didn't want any mean characters. They said they wanted characters who could be their friends. So in a way, they really wanted an old-fashioned Christmas. And it was very interesting that I went to classes that had kids from all uh, diverse cultures, uh, from India, from China, from Africa. And no matter what religion they were or what country they came from, Santa was American, and Santa was was a way for them to belong during the holidays. So they all believed in Santa. And for those who didn't know about Santa, you know, some kids came up to me and had never really knew anything about Santa. This this story was very very magical to them because it was the first time they had really could understand what Santa did. So Santa kind of binds us all together during the during these holidays. Well, he he really does. Um, bind the children together. It gives them something to believe and and feel magical about. You know, a lot of them are cynical about a lot of other things, but they weren't cynical um, about wanting to believe. They did want to believe in this man who who cared about children. Do you think that parents might be taking some of the spirit out of that because they're just trying to give so much to their offspring that the kids lose the idea of getting just a small thing like the orange that Mardo got in Columbus? I think that um, I think when we went around and we asked kids what they wanted, it was interesting. A lot of them didn't talk about toys when I went to the classrooms. One child said she hoped Santa would be, bring a rug to their house so they would be warm. Um, another kid said that she, they wished that they could get some new blankets. Um, so they, a lot of kids weren't really talking about toys. They were talking about things for their whole family that they wanted, not just you know, the latest Xbox. So some, you know, I think that, that they're bombarded with the commercials and the television and what they should get from, from the various, you know, Nickelodeon and, you know, the commercials that they're seeing. Um, so they they think they want a lot of those things, but it was interesting, you know, sometimes giving a kid a mechanical pencil was very exciting 
because they had never seen a mechanical pencil. You know, the ones who grew up on a computer, they thought that was one of the coolest gifts that they got, one of those little pencils that you twist and then the lead comes out and you could put new lead on it. They thought that was great. So sometimes some of these old-fashioned presents really excite them. What's the message of the man who could be Santa? The message of the man who could be Santa is that Santa is about the spirit of the holidays and that it's about giving and making people smile and making people feel happy even during like a hard period during um, our economy and that Santa could be anywhere. He could be anywhere in, in America. He could be anywhere in the world. He travels. He takes vacations. Anybody who has that spirit could be Santa. So you may know Santa. Your kids may know Santa. They may just not have figured out who the real Santa is yet. But they will if they find that spirit. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. We have a special guest right now on Conversations with Alan Walper. Special guest indeed, Alan. (laughs) He just might be the man who could be Santa. Is it really you? I believe it's me. Oh, my God. I just thought you were in a book. I had no idea. Well, you know, I'd sort of like to go over what happened when when you and Abby uh, got together out there on that little farm of yours across from the reindeer and... What was that all about? I mean, does she, you think she really believes in you, Santa? Oh, you know, whoever you are. I think she knows exactly what she knows, and she's a good girl. What do you mean, she's a good girl? I check out all the kids they know, and (laughs) Abby is one of my favorites. How could you check out all those trillions of kids across the world? I don't get it. How do you do it? Alan, I know you're trying to be a journalist at times, but... Oh, you can't have all my secrets. You're more about other things beside toys, aren't you? I mean, when you when people start reading The Man Who Could Be Santa, they're going to find out a lot about you, that you fly planes, little planes, that you talk to the North Pole. It's about goodness, Alan. It's about true spirit of Christmas. It's It's about young kids and older people realizing the connection between the two. And what I like to do as a, a symbol of the goodness, is to spread joy all over the world. <laughs> I think the hardest thing that probably people have to do is to try to get them to believe in that spirit come Christmas time. Or How can we do that, Santa? Well, I think the most important thing to do, Alan, is to realize that we're all one people with one common goal, to live together in peace and kindness and Oh, what I think of sometimes, I think of all the people who don't believe in Santa. I feel so bad for them at times, but it almost makes me realize that finding out from the kids, if you look into the kids' eyes when they either get a good gift from me or somebody else, it doesn't have to be from Santa. It can be from a parent. It can be from a grandparent. The look in their eye on That special morning is all we need to think about some days, is the goodness that just reflects off the eyes. It's so exciting that... (laughs) I'm so glad that I'm the one who can bring that to them. By the way, where are my cookies? (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone! Merry Christmas! 
Anyone can write a book about Santa Claus, but finding out who he really is requires finding a publisher who's willing to tell that story. And Joanna Wolpe found Myrna Chemnitz and Tom Chemnitz of Royal Fireworks Press. And Myrna read the book, and then what happened? And Myrna loved the book. Why did Myrna love the book? Uh, for several reasons, basically because it was very, very well written. It was extremely well researched, as you heard before, and as I read it, I could see what was happening from the point of view of the children, which is one of my the major things that I contribute to the company. I read something, and if I like it through a certain lens, then we look at it, and this was this was right on, very clear, very clear that it would be a wonderful story. The goodwill was in it. Kids of that age are looking for positivity, and it had it. The pictures were there, and it could easily be taught in the schools or by a parent with a child sitting on a lap. It's a wonderful story. This program, by the way, is solely dedicated to The Man Who Could Be Santa by Joanna Walper. It was published by Royal Fireworks Press, and if you want an early look at the man who might be sliding down your chimney this year, go to your computer and punch www.themanwhocouldbesanta.com. In fact, we have with us the dot-com person herself, Gabrielle Gerwitz. Hello. Hello. (laughs) And you made all these pictures and did all kinds of stuff. How How did this come to be? Um, Joanna contacted me online through a mutual friend, told me about the book, and sent me a copy online. And uh, I read it and absolutely loved it. Um, I loved the style of the way it was written and the, and the illustrations. And uh, she asked if we could build a website for it. You build a website for Santa Claus. Build a website for the book, The Man Who Could Be Santa. Um, I don't think there is a website for Santa Claus, but... Well, there is now. There is now, You and actually. Joanna put that together. Yes, right? we did. Everybody knows. So uh, my, my husband and I, who run a web, a web development company, um, took it on, and we came up with a bunch of ideas. And then what happens is uh, we go to you, and then you believe, and the result has been a, a song, song. <laughs> <laughs> yes. about how much you do believe. And yes. Um, like most... Um, Artists, I have uh, multiple lives, and uh, and uh, so one of them is as a songwriter, and the spirit of this person is what inspired the song. And now yes. we get to hear. Um, I your believe. Yeah. I believe. I believe. Say that again. I believe. You believe in. I believe in the man who could be Santa. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> all I need I don't care if no one believes I can't imagine who else it could be He just gives so much to so many Does he know that I know his secret Is it a secret
word from Santa Claus himself. <laughs> That's very kind of you, Alan. In fact, you're so generous that the first 20 people who email you at alanwolper at msn.com, that's A-L-L-A-N, Wolper at msn.com, will get a free copy of The Man Who Could Be Santa. <laughs> I wonder who that is. Merry Christmas, everyone. And thanks for listening to Conversations with my buddy, Alan Wolper. 